0: Welcome to the Mercia Wellbeing Podcast with me, Michael Sivita. This series gives us all an opportunity to sit back, reflect and consider how we and the people around us, both in and outside of work, are really doing. I will be joined by guest speaker each episode and together we will share tips and techniques to help us take better care of ourselves. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of the uh, Mercy at Wellbeing podcast. Great to have you with us. Um, on this episode we are talking about uh, finding fulfilment uh, which um, is a very uh, I think topical uh, subject and also something that Uh, I can definitely relate to, and I think all of our listeners will be able to relate to as well, you know, the importance of, you know, being happy and uh, linking that with uh, some of the choices uh, that we make uh, daily, um, and also some of the bigger choices we have to make as well. Uh, We are joined today by Dr. Robin Cooley, a clinical psychologist, and uh, she is going to be uh, working with me today on, um, on some strategies that we can use um, to help us, you know, f- uh, find uh, more fulfillment in our lives. Uh, so, a, a, a big welcome, Robin. H- how are you today?
1: Yes, good. Thank you, Michael. Enjoying the sun?
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a re- yeah, it's a really, really uh, lovely, lovely day today. Um, so, if we just um, start, Robin, with you know, with this concept of of fulfillment and 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 what what it means. What does it mean to 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 be fulfilled?
1: So it's an interesting question, and I think quite often um, people think of kind of fulfillment being about happiness, um, feeling that they've got what they want in their lives. And sometimes, you know, there's a bit of a myth that happiness can mean um, kind of an absence of any negative feelings, and and that you know, in the kind of psychology world, we really see that as a myth because the human condition has a kind of natural range of emotional experiences, um, anxiety, sadness, and all of those things are normal and to be encouraged as part of who we are. And fulfilment is around accepting those feelings but not letting them hold us back from um, doing things that are important, <coughs> excuse me, doing things that are important to us so that we can still fulfil what we kind of call values. Um even though it might come with some anxiety.
0: Okay, okay. And you mentioned sort of anxiety there. Um so how does that link to happiness? Because I think our listeners would think that anxiety is something that we want to avoid um, and therefore wouldn't make us happy.
1: So um first of all I guess it's helpful to think about what anxiety is. Uh, so anxiety is a kind of physiological reaction to something that happens in our bodies as a result of um, a situation that we are encountering. So uh, before a job interview, before a first date, uh, we can have like a feeling of anxiety, sometimes mixed with excitement as well, but that kind of butterflies, some people get headaches. Um, and just to, I guess, might be helpful to... Um, separate that from stress um so stress is so anxiety comes and goes responding to the situation stress can often hang around much longer um and stress is where there's an imbalance between the demand that you perceive is placed on you so you know deadlines mortgage payments expectations of people around you and there's a mismatch with the resource that you feel you have so your financial resources time and where there's that Im- imbalance between um the demand and the resource and that can lead to stress and that can often last we can kind of experience stress quite chronically and it can last for longer um, but that's different to anxiety which tends to come and go multiple times throughout the day.
0: Now I know that you um you sort of link uh, sort of the concepts of um anxiety to to performance don't you
1: yes so we you know often people like to avoid anxiety they think it's something they don't want to experience um and they they will go out of their way to avoid situations or people or places that might make them feel anxious but actually you know what we know is that when there's a moderate amount of anxiety performance is optimal so you know i kind of think of a um an everyday example is kind of crossing a road for example or sitting at a roundabout if we have no anxiety at all we're not going to check before we pull out which is dangerous and so performance is low if we're too anxious to pull out because we're um apprehensive of what might be coming around the corner and we get caught up with the idea that a car might come flying around and then we might you know performance is low we're not moving so we want to have a bit of anxiety to know what the potential threats are around us but to feel confident enough to to move forward so when that anxiety and confidence is in balance performance is optimal so you can think about that from an employment perspective if you're in a job that's quite monotonous and you feel in your comfort zone you're never challenged for anything then performance might be quite low because there's no anxiety you're just on on kind of autopilot quite routine alternatively you in the other extreme you might be kind of overwhelmed with responsibility and not feel that you've got what you need to be able to kind of follow through with that so again performance is low so we want to have some routine some comfort but also some challenges where we're supported because that will give a moderate amount of anxiety which is really kind of helpful in terms of growth and performance and learning so anxiety is our friend and isn't something to be avoided
0: which is a very interesting concept isn't it but very logical when you think about it that actually like you say you know if we're doing the same thing every day without any challenge um, uh, no new experiences um, we know that you know we get bored you know it, it's it's low energy so yeah it makes complete sense that by sort of taking ourselves I guess gradually out of that comfort zone with support and I think that was the key bit that you said you know with with support um, we know that we are you know we are we are we we tend to perform and um, perform um better you know at, at a high high level
1: Sure. And then I guess linking back, that leads to fulfillment, doesn't it? Because if we're performing and we're achieving our goals and we're feeling supported and challenged, we're going to feel fulfilled, even though there's anxiety with learning that new thing, we're fulfilling a value. Whereas if we're never anxious because we're in our comfort zone, how fulfilling is that? You know, I often think about um, when people take their driving test, you know, it's really anxiety provoking, isn't it? And oh gosh, what if I fail? And what if my friend's, know if you can kind of take yourself back to that but actually if you can accept the anxiety that comes with that you're fulfilling the value of independence in in passing your driving test so you know sometimes we have to do things that make us anxious because we know it's going to help, help us to fulfill something that's important to us and actually if we lived our lives only avoiding anxiety we're not going to give ourselves those opportunities to fulfill
0: Absolutely, I, I know we're going to sort of um, just talk through, aren't we, uh, on this episode uh, a bit of a framework that we can use, which I find so useful as part of our sort of um, our decisions with regards to choices. Um I'm gonna talk through sort of a step- by- step approach as to how you know our listeners can use that. But yeah, just linking back to that anxiety piece as well, you know, think about that presentation that we have to make at work that you know a lot of people don't like the idea of public speaking, but you know with preparation and um, you know teamwork and support, that buzz and that feeling that you get after that presentation that you never would have felt had you have just avoided it um, to begin with. So yeah, r- really interesting. Robin, if, if we sort of um I guess move on to you know to the framework then, do you want to just sort of, before we go into it, um do you want to just introduce the concepts of it for us?
1: Sure. So there's a, a model of um psychotherapy that this draws on, but you know, it's applicable to everyone. You don't need to kind of be stressed or experiencing any kind of mental health difficulties. It's a, a really helpful model. So the model of psychotherapy is called acceptance and commitment therapy, which is basically, you know. In, in real summary, is saying I accept my distress, I accept the anxiety that comes with, with some of my choices, and I'm going to commit to my values, to commit to do what's important to me. And one of the ways that um, that model kind of, that that model of psychotherapy uses, um, uses its kind of principles is with this choice point model that we, we can talk through today. And it's basically a framework for thinking about what choices do I want to make? And sometimes we can get hooked by difficult thoughts and feelings which make that, that choice to do something really tricky. So if I get hooked by my anxiety at giving this, this kind of presentation, I might say, no, I don't want to do it. So my choice would be to avoid. But actually that takes me away from my values. So what, what this model is saying is how can we move towards our values whilst accepting that we'll have anxiety with us during that walk and it's a quite a structured way of working through through it which we can do together if you'd like
0: yeah yeah so uh, let, let's do it so um sh- shall i think of an example
1: yeah so if you can think of a, a choice or a, an action that you um you want to make but something gets in the way is there anything that kind of comes to mind
0: i'm um I don't, I don't want to say really into my fitness um, because I've got people listening to this who are much more into their fitness than me, but I'm pretty active. I, you know, I like to, you know, I like to remain active, but uh, I know for me, um, my fitness in terms of sort of running and uh, playing tennis and other sports, uh, I find it much easier to do um, on longer days and better weather uh, than during the winter when it's very dark, you know, I guess the darker morning. So I guess for me, a, you know personal choice is you know when you wake up at 7 a.m uh, on a winter's day um the, the the choice of whether or not i am motivated enough um to go out for a run is that is that is that a good enough example
1: perfect perfect so that's where you'd start as you think about a choice that you you know you want to make one way but life means that sometimes you you make a choice to do something differently so you want to go for a run but sometimes it's tricky in the in the winter that's perfect so after you've thought about the choice that you that um you want to kind of hold in mind for for doing this kind of exercise you'd think about why is that choice important to me and your answer to the why question is how you get to what we call a value so a value is very different from a goal or an action which is something you can do tick off and say yes i did it or no i didn't do it a value isn't something you can tick off and do. A value is is a an idea or a concept or a set of rules by which you want to live your life. So, if I ask you, why is why do you even think about going for a run at seven in the morning? What's What's your answer to that?
0: So, so for me, it is to um, maintain good health.
1: Perfect. So your value is in physical health being healthy
0: yeah which which I can completely I can, I can completely see that that's not something that you actually achieve it's that it's, it's the concept of something that you uh, work towards isn't it and Absolutely. you
1: know there's, a, there's quite a helpful example in in some of the act books the acceptance and commitment therapy books of um imagine your value is like heading west and as long as the world is round you can never be West. There will always be more West to go. So you've got to keep making constant choices and actions in service of heading West, but you can never tick West off your list, so to speak. So yeah, that's how you'd know the difference between your action, which is something you can do tick off. Say you've done, it's a behaviour, whereas your values are the way you want to live your life, what's important to you.
0: So I guess, so I guess for some people then could, uh, I guess v- values could be, Uh, relationships focus that if the choice is about starting a new relationship, ending a relationship, it could be um, that, have that sort of focus, but also in terms of jobs, uh, so going for that promotion, uh, doing, you know, doing that presentation, being involved in that particular project, what sort of um, values could, um, could, could there be present there?
1: Sure. So they're all goals. You're right. And the values, I guess, for people might be things around uh, personal growth, uh, success, achievement, um, as you said, with relationships, you know, emotional connection, friendship, self-esteem, you know, all of these things are values. And if if you Google it, there's loads of exercises that will help you to identify your values with different kinds of cards or exercises and things um, because it is quite an unfamiliar concept to people, I think, to think about things in that way. It certainly was for me before um, my training. So Yes, values are, you know, they can be anything, but they just can't be something you can tick off.
0: Yeah. okay, that makes sense. So and so we we started by thinking about the goal or the action. Uh, We've then considered values.
1: So now what we're thinking about is, so, you know, if I get up in the morning and um, go for my run, I'll be kind of a bit more physically healthy than I would have been if I stayed in bed. What, what i'm hearing from you is sometimes even though you know that right in your mind you rationally you can make sense of that sometimes something stops you things stop you from being able to fulfill that action of going for a run and they're what we call hooks so hooks can be uh, physical sensations um thoughts uh, emotion based feelings um memories about when we've done this before and it didn't go very well or um predictions on how this time it might go so there's a whole host of hooks so maybe we could go through them one by one so for you what kind of if you're lying in bed and you're thinking oh shall i go for a run or not what's what physical sensations might stop you
0: (laughs) probably uh for me (laughs) at 7am would be tiredness i would i would think
1: absolutely so tiredness is a good one or you might feel a bit achy or a bit stiff if you'd gone out for a run the day before so yeah brilliant what thoughts might you be having um that might kind of hook you and take you away from hopping out of bed
0: you know if, if what well, if it hadn't you know or if if say a, a long period of time had passed when i hadn't been out for a run i could be thinking oh you know i'm not going to be as fast as as what i was uh, at the end of last summer uh I won't get to the sort of the, the, the points where I normally get to without having to sort of take a break or have some water. So, yeah, some, some thoughts like that, which, which could like, um, could restrict you from, from actually get, getting out there.
1: So the fear of um, not doing something to a standard that, that you expect from yourself, which and hearing those kind of self-critical voices that self-critical voice that we all have that's saying you haven't done it well enough. You've not gone for long enough. So you're not going to do very well. These are, you know, self-critical voice. We all have one, but you're absolutely right. That that's a really kind of influential hook, isn't it? We listen a lot to our self-critical voice. So just thinking back to the value you talked about physical health, but maybe kind of competitiveness might come into it. So, you know, with yourself, that might be a value that means that you want to push yourself and run every day to see if you can do that a little bit better so you might want to add that to your values. It sounds like that's important to you to not just be healthy, but to have done it better than you did it before.
0: Okay, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, I guess from from thinking from considering the hooks, it can actually make you reflect a little bit on on your values. And I, I guess there's a lot of people, Robin, that um, when they are thinking about their values, actually identify things that maybe they've not thought of uh, before. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and our values are—they uh, what is most important to us changes at different times, you know. So during the pandemic, I think our values all shifted, didn't they? With COVID, you know, we were so focused on health, um, and and relationships had to take a bit of a back step, didn't they? Because health was the priority. But so values are changing all the time. You know, when you're in a work environment, the things that you value there might be different to the values, the things that you value at home in your relationships. Um, So it's, yeah, it's important to think that values are evolving and changing and they're dynamic. And sometimes that's really important to us and other times it isn't. And that's okay. And, you know, the other thing to say about values actually is the values have to be yours. You know, there's so much expectation in society to think something or something needs to be important to us and you should think like this or you should value this thing. And, you know, we, we don't always conform to expectation and that's okay and um, there doesn't need to be, you know, guilt about that. I guess it's really important to just, when you're doing this exercise, just note, note what values are there without judgment.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, so I've thought about the, um, the these hooks there. So these things that effectively, what would you describe it as, as take, taking me away from, you know, from.
1: From your value. Yeah. So if you listen, if you listen to your hooks of, I won't be as good as the last time I went, so I'll feel really um, disappointed or sad when I when I get home, um, or it will feel like a waste of time, or it will be too hard, and I know I'll just be really critical on myself all day, and it won't set me up for the right day. And Your mind can spiral, can't it? And these these hooks we kind of they take us away from the val- from the value of health and um, competitiveness, and we just think, oh, I'll avoid that. Anxiety that will come or that disappointment that might come if I don't do it as well as I would like to. Um, and that's a really natural <clears throat> human experience is to want to avoid pain. So you think, I won't go out in case I disappoint myself. And that's, of course, we want to avoid pain. But actually, what we need to kind of acknowledge and what this model really helps us to do is say, if we avoid our pain or potential pain, you know, hypothesize pain, we're actually missing out on fulfilling the value and that's where the happiness is you know happiness isn't the avoidance of pain um so it's you know yes we can get hooked by those things it's really important where we can to say okay there is some anxiety there and I'm still going to pursue what's important to me and that's um how the model takes us that step step further so um it, it gives us ideas of how we can unhook from our, from our hooks, how we can get some distance between us and our thoughts to allow us to act more freely rather than being influenced by what those hooks are.
0: So, is, so that's the next, I guess the next stage of the model then is, is, is the, the unhooking.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So you start with identifying your choice and then what value is in that choice Then you think about, okay, so if if it's that straightforward, what's stopping me? What are the hooks? So you identify those. And then, yes, you're absolutely right. We think about unhooking strategies or what we kind of will term helpers, things that we can do, strategies that we can use to help us to get some distance between us and those thoughts and allow us to move forward. So um, a couple of examples might be there's this, you know, it sounds quite a posh phrase, but it's called cognitive diffusion. And what that means is cognitive is our thoughts and diffusion is to separate. So it's about separating from your thoughts and getting distance. And you can do that um, by when you, so if you had a thought of, um, I might not beat the time I did last, last time I went for a run, you would add to the start of that thought, I am noticing thoughts about... Um, and instead of, you know, I'm I'm anxious or um, I fear the disappointment, you know, I'm noticing a fear of the disappointment. And in noticing your thoughts and in noticing your feelings, they are just a part of you, but you're containing them. But they're not you. You are not anxious. You know, you are not worried about not beating your time. That's just a part of you. And actually it gives you that sense of control that you are bigger than those thoughts and feelings. You contain them and you can say okay that's a part of me but there's another part of me that still wants to pursue health and uh, challenge and self-competitiveness so it's about getting that distance
0: so what 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 other helpers do we have
1: the helpers that that um we we often talk about is being able to identify your value so holding in mind constantly what's the value in this and what value would I be missing if I got hooked so thinking about what the values are, <clears throat> thinking about what skills you have that will give you confidence to still pursue that. So, you know, you've got a history of running. I know I can get back to that fitness. You know, even if I don't go out and get a PB the first time, I know that I can train myself to get there because I've done it before. So being kind of holding on to the skills that you've got and that you've used before. Um, and also thinking about people, other people around you that can help you. Could you go out for a run with someone so that you know there was more motivation, or you were pushing each other? So, metaphorically speaking, encouraging each other, should I say, to, <laughs> to, to, to move to your <laughs> <a> run?
0: <laughs> I might, I might. Uh, uh, yeah, I, was gonna say, I think I, I think I probably need a push when I'm <laughs> there.
1: yeah. So yeah, identifying values, skills and people that can help you to fulfill that that um value. Another another helpful um another helpful helper, another helpful unhooking strategy is to remind ourselves that thoughts are not facts. So quite often when our self critical brain or our kind of worst case scenario brains kicking in and offering us all of these quite scary ideas really, um we really get we really believe them don't we We pay a lot of attention to them and quite often our reactions and our actions are based on our thoughts and our predictions rather than what's actually happening so you know you haven't failed to get a pb you know you're just predicting that you might but you're reacting to that thought and sometimes it can be really helpful to ask yourself you know what am i reacting to and to remember that thoughts are not facts
0: Yeah, and because you hear a lot of people say things like, oh, you know, the most dangerous or scariest voice is the voice in your own head. And and uh, I hear people a lot now uh, when I'm delivering um, sessions on, say, presentation training or we're doing some role plays at the, after the exercise, people say, I got into my own head. And it, it, I guess it's that sort of um, thing, isn't it, that we're, that we're looking at here, sort of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Our, our um, self-critical voice is often the loudest one and the one that we kind of listen to a lot. And I think that's another, you, you know, coming on nicely to another helper is about self-compassion. So what would you say to a friend that was starting back for going for a run? And it probably wouldn't be, well, you're not going to beat your time, are you? So don't bother. You know, but we say that to ourselves, but we would never say that to somebody else. So ask yourself, you know, what would I say to a friend? How would I support somebody else to, to get back to, to their fitness regime? Um, because we do talk to ourselves in a much more critical way than we would ever speak to other people so what would a friend say to me what would I say to a friend they can be really um good helpers in terms of this model so what what kind of would you say to a friend in your situation Michael
0: yeah like like I said you know it'll be get you know get get back out there you know you can. with work, you you know you'll get back to the sort of the the stage uh, that you were at in the summer when you were um you know when you were uh, running really uh, really well. It's 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 okay to have as well. You know the idea that it's it's okay to have an off day and like you mentioned, people being sort of very, you know self critical. You once you know, with with a friend or a family member, you'd say, oh, that's okay. You know, there's always, there's always tomorrow.
1: Absolutely. And I guess thinking about you identified two values within your, um, this example, one was health and one was self-competitiveness. And actually you can still fulfill your health, even if you don't get a PB, you know, so it's thinking about there is still benefit in doing it. Even if the first time I go out for a run, it is a bit slower than last time. And that's okay. You know, because I can train myself to get back there.
0: Yeah, no, that makes no, that that makes sense, and I think that's a really um a really important one with regards to sort of COVID as well, because I think you know all of us have had to really sort of uh, not necessarily reassess our values, but our values have 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 changed, haven't they? And I think that as you describe it as you know uh, self-compassion and i think that's absolutely important just sort of like being kind to yourself and um you know having them sort of like positive that that positive word uh, with yourself
1: and i think you know values may may have changed but it's more our our actions to fulfill those values that have had to change so you know relationships and emotional connection to others may be no less important to us right now we've just had to do things act in different ways to fulfill that value so you know normally you might go out for dinner or for a drink with your friends on a Friday night and we haven't been able to do that so we've had to adapt our actions and do things differently like having zoom parties or you know those kind of things we do things differently in service of the same value Mm. Um, you know, that can be the case obviously with the pandemic, but if people are unwell or you know, when, when things change in our lives, if we move away, if we have young children and we can't get out in the same way, you know, we don't have to let our values go. We just have to um change the way that that we're we're kind of trying to fulfill those, I suppose.
0: Okay. So um so they're the helpers, that's how you, how you describe um them. Them, them, sort of things we've just been looking at. Yeah. So, so once we've done that, then what, what, what do we do next? Once we've, once we've thought about these, these helpers.
1: Okay. So, the, then you, I guess, you decide which ones to action. Okay. So I've got this kind of menu of helpers that I know might support me to make a choice in pursuit of my value. Which ones do I think are going to be the most helpful in this in this scenario? And then the the underpinning principle, I guess, that that brings this this choice point model together is to remind ourselves that I accept my anxiety. I accept that I'm going to feel anxious about the time that I do my run in. I accept that I might be disappointed when I get home um, if I haven't done as well, although you could obviously reframe that and just congratulate yourself that you got out but you know that sounds
0: nicer yeah Yeah, that that, that sounds (laughs) nice
1: yeah to Um, to
0: congratulate yourself I like that one
1: yeah um but that you know the congratulating yourself can still sit alongside anxiety and disappointment and self-critical voice and so we have to say I accept the distress that might come in making the choice to go out for a run but in spite of that distress I'm going to commit to pursue my value so in spite of the anxiety and Um, the fear of the disappointment that might come I am still going to go out for a run because that will help me to fulfill a value and I guess that takes me right back to the the beginning of the um, this um, conversation where we talked about happiness is not about avoiding pain happiness is about accepting our emotional distress or pain and still doing what's important to us so it's not um I'm not going to go out for a run so I won't feel anxious or disappointed. That doesn't leave you in a happy place, you know, momentarily. And in the short term, yeah, you've avoided the anxiety and that's great. And, and, you know, human nature drives us to make those decisions where we can avoid anxiety, but there's no happiness there because there's no fulfillment of what's important to you. So fulfillment is I accept that there is anxiety You know, it's a part of my... And anxiety is not good or bad. It's just an indicator to us that we need to pay attention to something. It's not a good or a bad feeling. So we accept our anxiety and we still commit to our values. And that's where fulfilment is. So there may be an element of anxiety and walking towards what's important to us, going to that job interview, um, going out with that person we really fancy. You know, there might be anxiety within that, but there is fulfilment also. And sometimes it's, you know, you ask yourself, I can, yeah, I can get rid of the anxiety, but I lose the opportunity to fulfill my value or I can take both. And it's like two sides of the same coin.
0: Got you. Yeah. And just, I guess, stepping out of the model, it might actually be part of the model. Um, How often do you encourage uh, clients? And, you know, I'm thinking about this for myself now, but also for for our listeners, how often would you encourage people to, uh, to docu- you know to think about their values and and, and and is it something that we should write down and that we should uh, look at uh, daily you know um because to me the, 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 this whole value piece is the bit that's vital, you know, bringing everything back to to the why. Uh, So, yeah, what's what's your thoughts there?
1: I think it's different for everyone. I don't really prescribe, um, you know, a set amount of time looking or thinking about this, but sometimes it can be helpful for people to identify their values and then set themselves one or two deliberate actions in service of like one value a week, for example, to make sure that we're constantly walking towards what's important to us. And, you know, sometimes I talk to, I've got a few um, people that I've worked with historically who, you know, are quite stressed with it in quite high-powered jobs, and there's a lot of stress and expectation to get things done. And so when it's, you know, time to do something different, like spend time with the family or go out with their friends, that feels like an interruption. And something that's going to increase their stress because now I've got even less time to get on with my work. And sometimes reframing that as okay, so going out on a family day trip or seeing my mates down the pub, like that in and of itself is going to help me to fulfill another value because we mm. have multiple values, you know. So not seeing it as only being, you know, if you're fulfilling one really well, that's great, but you are also missing out on all of the other um values that you will hold. You know, we don't just hold one value. So Sometimes it can be helpful for people to um, think about what their values are and then each week just set one goal, deliberate action, something they want to do, knowing that when they do that, it's in service of a value. And not every goal causes anxiety, you know, eating ice cream on a Friday night because I've earned it and that's in service of self-care value, for example, that's not going to cause anxiety for some people. So goals don't always have to come with anxiety, but sometimes they do. And even in those moments, I guess we still have to hold on to the the value.
0: Back to the example that you just used about the person in the high pressure job that's um, potentially um, under you know under under stress, the action is continual in that they are working really hard, um, lots and lots of pressure. Um, And that might have been the case for a long time. But it might have been when they started doing that, their value was very much linked to sort of high performance and, you know, uh, drive and success. But actually, I I guess what might have happened over time is that their value had changed, but they'd not reflected on it. So it might have been as time had gone on, I'm assuming that actually um, they Maybe had a child or you know, uh, started a new relationship or something else you know something else similar but that's the cause of their unfulfillment now they're no longer getting the same sort of buzz from the, the high pressure maybe they've not considered uh, why that is
1: and well sometimes you know a high pressure environment can mean that we get a narrow focus on a particular value so it means that our other values um, get neglected a little bit because we're so, we've got such narrow focus on this success at work or, you know, pleasing other people. If we get hooked on that value and we forget our kind of, you know, we are made up of multiple parts. We have our happy part, our fun part, our sad part, our work part, our partner bit, you know, we have all of these different parts. And if we're only fulfilling values for one part of ourselves, you know, when we're not fulfilling our, our broader value set, and that's going to contribute to stress.
0: Mm. And I, I just wanted to pick up on something that you were, that you mentioned earlier, and it was about the values. And, and you said that the value should be very personal to us. And, you know, there shouldn't be the values of somebody else. And, you know, we shouldn't, you know, there's no judgment when it comes to values and it, do you, do you find that people do compare themselves a lot and for example to see maybe somebody else's path and say that's what i should be doing and you know that's that's important to that person and therefore that should be important to me
1: yeah absolutely so we make comparisons about people in our in our lives we also you know we spend a lot of time at home don't we as children and, and we're very much influenced by the kind of values within our family or our kind of community so those come with us and sometimes people step away from those but there's still that guilt of oh, I probably should be seen to be still doing that thing um so our values change as, as we grow up and as well as as well as making comparisons to um oh look at that person I should be doing the same we also um kind of fantasize and think about what so and so is expecting my values to be you know what's my partner going to think if i take my foot off the gas at work because they're expecting me to provide financially or you know so we 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 wonder we make these assumptions about what other people want us to be doing so instead of you know doing something for ourselves it becomes about doing it to avoid upsetting someone else And then that value is no longer fulfilling because it's not yours.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that makes, that makes complete sense. So I guess it is, it's back to the values, isn't it? And it's making sure that, you know, what am I doing this for? You know, is this really pleasing me, you know, uh, fulfilling me? Um, And yeah, not doing things for, for, for other people, but yeah, I, I, I I do, Tend to I hear it a lot, you know. um when I when I go out to see clients, uh, I do hear a lot when I sort of ask people questions about you know their career and their progression. It tends to be very much um, focused on uh, this person's had this progression, and therefore I want it and it links back to what you're saying just sort of like take a step back and think about well what's important to you because it really has to be your value in order to find that fulfillment doesn't it?
1: absolutely yeah because if you're doing it for any other reason then it's no longer fulfilling yeah yeah um absolutely yeah
0: well i've yeah i, I think that model is um yeah is really really good just to, to allow you to reflect and i think we make decisions don't we and we think about our choices very very quickly but actually by having more of a um a step-by-step approach albeit we've obviously talked through it very quickly but having that step-by-step approach just does get us thinking um, and what was the um the the model called again robin
1: the choice point model and yeah you're right it just helps us to slow down instead of acting on autopilot without thinking about you know what that's all about and just one other thing to say you know I'm aware we're coming to an end soon but is um if we don't um if we don't get if we don't fulfill a value if we set ourselves a goal and we don't we don't action it you know if you think right tomorrow morning I'm going to apply this choice point model and I'm going to go out for a run even if it's dark and cold and tomorrow morning comes around and you don't do that you know, again, that gives room for that self-critical voice. And it's really important not to use words like I failed, I've let myself down, I should have done X, Y, and Z. And just to frame it as a misstep, you know, offer yourself some self-compassion. It was just a misstep. I'll try again tomorrow. Uh,
0: Yes, so useful and just such a great opportunity uh, having you with us today uh just sort of yeah thinking through these things which we just don't get time to do in life do we We don't have the opportunity just to, to sit back and and think through even you know the, the values you know the values point so yeah and what just before we go uh dr robin cooley what would be your final sort of um your, your number one tip to somebody listening and when it comes to the choice point model
1: um just to really think about what the value is and not what you're expected to say, not what you think your family are expecting of you, but what matters to you because you're only going to find happiness when you're doing something in service of a value that matters to you. So yeah, just be true to yourself and um, give yourself a break when sometimes, because inevitably you you will make decisions that go take you away from your value and that's human and it's fine. And yeah, just to give yourself some self-compassion, I guess
0: yeah being true to yourself i don't think there could be any better advice than i don't think there be any better advice than that thank you very much we hope you enjoyed the episode if you think you would benefit from more support in this area then please visit the management training section on the main mercia website likewise if you have any suggestions for future podcast topics or you would like to join me as a guest speaker please get in touch take care